everyone, and welcome to your weekly dose of chill and your weekly dose of the Kansas State House. I am Andrew Ball, one half of the Topeka Capital Journal State House team, here with our podcast, Chillin' in the State House. And I'm joined, as always, by my counterpart, the lovely Jason Tidd. Jason, how are you doing, sir? Yeah, you know, it, it's been a pretty chill week here in Kansas. Uh, Topeka had, what, over four inches of snow? Yeah, somewhere between four and five inches of snow, which I lived in Wisconsin for a while, so I don't think of that as a lot, but I, but for, for Eastern Kansas standards, it was a decent amount. As somebody who went to K-State when they, I think, canceled only two days of school during my four years because of snow... Uh, you that, take that, what you can get? Is it? Yes, yes. Uh, it, it was a great day to stay inside. Yes, reporting from our uh, from the Southwest Topeka bureaus for the for the Capital <laughs> yes. Journal. Um, well, you know, Jason, it's been a while since we talked about COVID nineteen, and you know, we might as well do that. But we we have a very specific reason for talking about COVID nineteen, and those are some bills uh, making their way through the Kansas State House that have to do with things that. Do not treat COVID nineteen. Yeah, so but so which at, some people see a little differently on. Yeah, so at the start of the show, you said we uh, are bringing the weekly dose of chill <laughs> or something like that. So, uh, but um, chill is not an FDA approved drug to treat COVID nineteen. <laughs> Neither is ivermectin or hydroxychloroquine. But that is not HCQ. St- but that has not stopped people from trying. Right, and uh, apparently has not stopped some at least one of our elected officials from prescribing them to patients. And who is that, pray tell? Senator Mark Steffen, an anesthesiologist from Hutchinson. And Senator Steffen has a bill that gets at this issue, correct? Yeah, so I don't know if he wrote the bill. It's not a, entirely clear who was behind it, but he was definitely, he seemed like the lead advocate in the Senate Public Health Committee. Uh, And this bill, uh, so in the U.S., if there is a drug approved by the FDA for certain uses, it can be prescribed for off-label uses. And that happens a lot. Yes. Uh, I mean, as Stefan said, this is not an unusual thing to prescribe drugs for off-label uses. But what this bill does is takes ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine and any other off-label prescription for COVID and makes them separate from other off-label prescriptions for other ailments you could have. Uh, as written, it would remove a doctor's liability if the drug harmed you. So, say the doctor wrote a prescription for ivermectin that killed you because the dosage was too high. You would not be able to sue them. Now, to be clear, Stefan has promised an amendment to remove the liability protection for doctors because, as he said... They want the liability. And he's been, shall we say, critical of healthcare professionals across the state, including Dr. Steve Stites, who is chief medical officer of the University of Kansas Health System. Probably the, if not the biggest, the most prominent uh, hospital network in Kansas. Yeah, so, I mean, 
University of Kansas. If you live in Kansas, I'm sure you have heard of the University of Kansas. And if not, um, you, I, I'm confused. And you probably have heard of the University of Kansas Health System. I understand that if you're in western Kansas, you might have to decide, do we go to Denver or Wichita or Kansas City for treatment? Oh, but they have a hospital but, in Hayes. Right. So. Well, had. I think they severed the partnership at some point. Womp womp. But anyway. Which is why Stefan wants to have his idea of a medical debate in Hayes between... I, he didn't explicitly say it like this, but he basically wants to debate Steve Stites and Hayes over the efficacy of ivermectin. <laughs> I wouldn't get your popcorn ready quite yet on that, folks. But but yeah. so, but he but he is the lead promoter, and in promoting this bill, he let some information slip that was kind of interesting. Yeah. So Stefan is under investigation by the State Board of Healing Arts. I. I don't think he has been clear exactly what he's under investigation for. I don't know if he knows exactly what they're investigating him for. Uh, There's probably several things he's done in the past two years of the pandemic that could conceivably lead to an investigation. But But we, I mean, we were trying to pin down unconfirmed rumors of this a year ago which is well before the debate started raging over ivermectin. And, and, and I guess hydroxychloroquine was kind of up for debate then. And Yeah, I mean, Roger Marshall was saying a couple months into the pandemic that people should take it. But but it seems like there, are, there probably are a myriad of factors that are, that are... And we should also say, just because you are under investigation by the Board of Healing Arts does not necessarily mean you have done something wrong. I believe they're under an, invest, an obligation to look into any complaint that makes its way across their desk, regardless of whether or not there's any, any validity to it. Yeah, so whether it's a fellow doctor, a pharmacist, a patient, whoever it is that complained, the board has to look into it to some degree and those investigations can take time right. uh, if particularly you, given that he has has uh i guess continued to step more and more into the advocacy sphere on on these issues he, he's provided a lot of material for a potential investigation well we should be clear actually probably before we go any further because i don't think we have explicitly said this there is no evidence as of yet that either ivermectin or hydroxychloroquine works to treat COVID-19. Right. I, and they are not approved for that purpose. There might, there uh, might be studies that eventually it, come out that show it. It's yeah, not yeah, outside yeah. the realm of possibility. They, but. They are, there are ongoing studies for it. Uh, and, you know, some people say that there are already studies supporting its use. The problem, as KU doctors have pointed out, is some of those studies have been caught for like fabricating data and have had to have their studies retracted. Uh, so it is no, there is not enough evidence to support it. And any evidence that does it is not enough to convince the majority of the scientific community. But this has this has not stopped Senator Stefan from saying that the investigation is politically motivated. He has he has implied that it is related to his prescription of ivermectin, um, and and he has also he told reporters that he that he has prescribed ivermectin to folks um, unsuccessfully, I believe. But 
it it all kind of adds up to a unique i don't, I don't think that I don't know, maybe unique in the country kind of kind of situation here in kansas so, so you pointed out that it might have been unsuccessful when he tried to prescribe ivermectin and that's another part of this bill is it would require pharmacists to fill the prescription currently pharmacists have under state law certain levels of discretion it, it's designed in part so that way if they realize that a current drug you're taking would have a bad reaction with this new prescription or if they realize that the dosing is wrong uh, but well we, pharma- see, we see this all the time with opioids too i mean there are a variety of tools available to pharmacists where they can say look i'm, I'm not going to prescribe you that for for a variety of reasons right and, and safety th- reasons and they can use that discretion now to say hey, ivermectin does not work for COVID-19, or it has not been proven to work, it could be dangerous, I am not going to fill this prescription. And under this bill, it would take away that discretion. And now, so so this is kind of like one part of the conversation. Earlier this week, we kind of dived into another part of the conversation. So we're going we're gonna to go across the Capitol to the, to the Kansas House, a Kansas House, a budget committee, uh, put in to the Board of Healing Arts budget a proviso, a, a, a policy provision that would prevent the Board of Healing Arts from spending any state money uh, to investigate or discipline doctors for prescribing uh, drugs for off-label use. This is a pretty broad provision, but the the uh, the the maker of the uh, proposal, uh, Representative Jesse Burris, a Republican from Mulvane explicitly cited the case of Senator Stefan, which has understandably gotten a lot of media attention. He pointed to also the case of a physician for a Kansas House member uh, who was kind of under investigation for allegedly for similar for similar things. And, you know, the argument was made that uh, the Board of Healing Arts, by doing this purportedly, is getting political and we don't want that. And, um you know, it got pushed back even from a, one of the Republicans on the committee, basically, that you're kind of opening Pandora's box when you start pulling these kinds of maneuvers. And um, it's it also, I think there are the optics of potentially inserting a policy provision into into a bill that would help a sitting legislator. So avoid uh, oversight from, in this way. Uh, Another interesting aspect I mean, that you pointed out is that it, it doesn't just apply to COVID. Right. Th- this is another example of how COVID politics have now started to affect other areas of public health and health in general. Uh, the backlash against the scientific community over ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine could lead to long-lasting impacts elsewhere within healthcare. Well, Senator, I was talking with Senator Stefan yesterday, and, and he said, I think that the decision not to more widely prescribe ivermectin is a crime against humanity, that basically that doctors have blood on their hands for, for the deaths of Kansans due to COVID. Uh, he, he said at one point that the media also has blood on their hands. And that reporters should not be able to sleep at night. So I guess I need to take some Ambien. Um but uh, all this is a way of saying it, it is a strange 
kind of, uh, I don't know, case study of, of the moment we're in. Uh, it, on, on the health board investigation side, the Stefan build has a similar provision, uh, but instead of expanding it beyond COVID, it expands it beyond off-label drug use. So the Senate public health version currently has language that would bar the state health board from investigating physicians, well, for disciplining physicians for any reason related to COVID. Whether it is an opinion they said or a prescription they wrote uh, or a recommendation they gave, and it would date back to the start of the pandemic in March 2020. Hmm. So... We've already had one phys- uh, I think it was a chiropractor from Lawrence who has been yeah. disciplined uh, for falsely advertising that her chiropractic services would treat COVID. And the, the state board said that was false advertising and disciplined her. And under this bill, they would have to go back and undo that discipline. Well, and Senator Stefan, I think, has also pointed to other cases where he says physicians have been under investigation for like comments on masking and things of that nature yeah, like saying that masks don't work which of course the overwhelming evidence is that masks do work to slow the spread of the coronavirus well and another interesting thing to me about the going to the the budget provision which we should say it is not final the the somewhat byzantine way that budgets are constructed in kansas Agency budgets are deliberated in uh, kind of their own little committees. So this budget was in the House Higher Education Budget Committee. Don't know why the Board of Healing Arts budget is in a higher education related I, committee. I, I assume because doctors have to have lots of higher education so that way they know what they're doing when they're doing things like prescribing medications. We're going to go with that's the best explanation I've heard. Um, but But the next step in the process, it has to go to the full House Appropriations Committee they can kind of take in or add in anything, take out or add in anything they want. So, And this, when does that happen? Uh, uh, it will be, if you're listening to this on Monday, Monday, today, um, and we may have a report on what went on at cjonline.com. So. If you're listening to this after Monday, go to cjonline.com to see if we have an update or to Twitter. Yeah, well, and, and uh, this ultimately could be kind of a, a much ado about nothing thing. It also has to go to the House floor. It has to go through the Senate. You know, so there's a lot of time left, and 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 it's not set in stone. But, but what's interesting to me about that is is so there are rules and regulations in the Board of Healing Arts, basically that lay out when someone can be disciplined, and 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 prescribing something off label is not a specific condition. But but what could kind of ultimately happen is a physician could run afoul of the rules and regs by the by the by the book potentially but the board of healing arts would have its hand tied and not be able to do anything so it's kind of an interesting or if depending on who you ask worrying gray area that that would be created uh, and for what it's worth the senate public health bill had several doctors and nurses and other people in the healthcare community there to testify for it but it also had stiff opposition from the medical community, including Steve Stites at KU, uh, Sam Antonios at Saint at uh, Ascension Via Christi in Wichita. 
it's i mean i i think a a perhaps you know there's always a danger in journalism of giving kind of the vocal minority too much of uh, a disproportionate amount of attention on an issue like this but and this one i think it's safe to say it is a vocal minority super minority probably even of, of doctors that are coming out in it, favor of, of some of these treatments. It, it, it would probably be akin to if we were to ever do another podcast on like renewable energy and climate change. It kind of feels similar to how majority of the scientific community says one thing on climate change, but you can have a vocal minority be opposed to it. And some of that vocal minority happens to be lawmakers in the state legislature. Now, more broadly on COVID, Jason, where are we at? Because we have kind of really gone through the ringer in the last month and a half. Hospitals were really pushed past their breaking point. There might be some evidence that things are getting better. Do you have good news? So so my understanding of taking in the past week of COVID news and reports and data is that you know, if you are in the Kansas City area, your hospitals are probably better off now than they were when the Omicron surge peaked there, oh, middle of January. Mm. Uh, KU's Kansas City Hospital, for example, has seen declining patient numbers. If you are in Lawrence or Topeka, your hospitals are probably peaking right now or just recently past the peak. But also your hospitals are being inundated with rural Kansas patients. And that rural Kansas is where it seems to be peaking right now. So we are trending in the right direction. Things are improving, but things are still difficult for hospitals. The current number of hospitalized patients is worse now than under any prior surges peak. Well, and, and fundamentally, unless there is meaningful change in vaccination and, and mitigation, we're probably going to get another variant. And unless Omicron, I guess, infected enough people where maybe there is enough widespread natural immunity that this could end. But uh, you, now, you, you now, know, now, now I'm starting to be armchair epidemiologist, and that's bad. I mean, <laughs> the, the doctors on Wednesday's KU call. Uh, expressed the same kind of, we don't know what's going to happen. We hope that things get better. But, you know, history has taught us that there likely will be new variants. And we don't have a high enough level of vaccination in this state or in this country. Uh, So they hope that things will get better and there will be time for hospitals to recover. But... one of their phrases now is hope is not a strategy. And that seems to be the hope seems to be the strategy at the moment. I, I Maybe like a last question in case this kind of, we talked about this a little bit earlier, how deeply damaging, particularly like the last, I don't know, six months or so, how deeply damaging do you think that's going to be to, particularly in Kansas, trust of medical doctors, hospital systems in the long run? Because maybe this is just anecdotal, but it seems to have gone nastier in kind of the most recent spikes in it, a way it wasn't earlier. Even even like a year, I guess, 14 months ago. Uh, uh, I mean, I I don't have 
even anecdotal evidence to suggest it, but I, I, from what I've seen, it does appear that, you know, doctors are feeling the same way. Like if you were to ask a doctor or a nurse, if they feel like recent months have been worse than at prior points in the pandemic for the way they feel patient families, for example, treat them. I think they would say now is worse. They Early on in the pandemic, healthcare workers were heroes. And I think that was unanimous that people thought they were heroes, except for maybe the public health officers who tried to put in mask mandates and lock things down. But by and large, nurses, doctors, public health heroes. Uh, now, they they feel they've been villainized by some uh, and I, I don't know if that's going to be a long-lasting problem, uh, both for their mental health, for staffing, for uh, attracting new workers into the industry. Uh, you can't just hire somebody and have them be a nurse. It takes a while. And I mean, I think there's there's been talk about, you know, I think we talked about on this podcast, planning for COVID to become endemic. But I, I could see also a fear that the, the tension, the political tension and the politicization of, of it all will also become endemic. And and I can't imagine that the these proposals in the legislature are particularly helpful to that. No, I, I think... I mean, it's really, it's been for everyone to see this kind of, this, this bitter debate has been on display and it, it is disheartening. I, 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 it does bring back though, that we had the special session in November Mm. and it, it does somewhat seem to have cut down some of the, uh, unity behind doing something. Right. Because they, they have now done something and we are in the second month of the session, and to my knowledge, we haven't had anything even make it out of committee yet. So while these vocal minorities have a have been making a lot of noise, so far they haven't seen a proposal ha- that gets out of committee. Maybe that changes this week, but you know, a majority of Kansans are vaccinated. Uh, so maybe things are trending in the right direction. Well, that's a nice optimistic note to leave things on. <laughs> um, you do regular COVID updates. Um, where can people read uh, and, and find your work? It's at cjonline.com. Or if you go to Google, you can just type in Topeka Capital Journal. Uh, and then and you're on, on Twitter, Twitter yeah. it's at Jason underscore Tid. And I, I, I do some COVID stuff. You're, you're the COVID czar of the Cap Journal Bureau, but um, I mean, it's everywhere. And if, if a podcast could show an eye roll, it would. <laughs> it's hard to convey over audio. Um, but if you, if you want to find me on Twitter for COVID and non-COVID policy issues or Wisconsin men's basketball takes... I am at Andrew Ball, B-A-H-L. And you, oh. I was just going to say, your Wisconsin men's basketball is going to at least be more fun probably than my K-State men's basketball. Oh, but, K-State women's basketball, though. But yes, yes. 
Galeokalee. You can find the Cap Journal on Twitter at CJ Online, and we are on Facebook, Instagram. Um, that, that's actually really about it. <laughs> um, Facebook and Instagram, find us, like we're, us. We're, we're we're also in a newspaper format. Oh, that's true. What is that, Jason? I don't. I've never heard of that before. <laughs> uh, yeah, you can find us wherever newspapers are sold. If, um, Dylan's, I think. Yeah, basically. <laughs> And uh, also, this podcast, the, you can't find the podcast in the newspaper, unfortunately. We have not come up with the technology to do that yet. But we are on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and on cjonline.com if, you're, uh, if you just want to go there for a one-stop shop. Jason? Andrew? I think it's time we go take a breather. Yeah. I think the groundhog says come back for another podcast in maybe a week. <laughs> Not six weeks. Don't worry, folks. We will be back next week with your weekly dose of Kansas government and politics. In the meantime, stay well, stay safe, and we'll see you next time. Bye.